the beauty of this field is that uh, you will find people from training in immunology oncology molecular biology everybody finding a place in this field so i guess the name of the game is as long as you are able to mold your story mold your educational training in a way that you can be successful in this field it shouldn't be a problem for you to become a part of this field Welcome to the PhD talk show by Biopatrika. I'm Nandita Sharma, host for today's session with Dr. Shreyashi Bose, process development scientist at Lonza. Welcome, Dr. Shreya. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So, Shreya, you have done a B.Tech in biotechnology. So, tell us more about mm -hmm. your educational journey and experiences before joining Lonza as a scientist. Sure. Um, so yes, as you pointed out correctly, I did get my B.Tech in biotech from India, and immediately after graduation, I came for my PhD at Texas A&M University, and I worked here on uh, telomere biology in plants. And I graduated in 2020. Um, I did a very short postdoc in a breast cancer lab, uh, and I joined Lonza in uh, 2021 November. So that has kind of been my educational journey uh, before I started as a scientist in Lanza. Well, true. So uh, what was the interview process like at Lanza? Sure. So the interview process at Lonza, um, it was very similar to like how most of the interview processes happen in uh, companies in the US. So usually uh, you apply for the job online and that's what I did. I applied for the job online. Um, I did go ahead and ask uh, for a referral from people in my network. So the way referral works is these are people who are already working in Lonza and if they know you and know your work, they can actually refer your resume resume uh, to you know the hiring manager in the company uh, that holds a lot of importance because now whenever the hiring manager gets your application it is not only that uh, he is he or she is getting a resume to look at but also a recommendation from a fellow employee of Lonza that hey this person is good you should consider hiring him or her so that's what I did. So um, I was fortunate enough that people were able to refer me for the jobs. And then I got invited for an initial uh, HR screen. So usually it's the person from human resources who is going to uh, call you and ask you about several mainly behavioral questions and explain the job to you, the position to you, so that you know what you're going for. And uh, then uh, usually there are questions if you're international students will be regarding uh, what kind of visa status you are in and also how soon can you uh, start your job? Because some companies, they want to hire like right away so that you can start working right away. And some companies do give you some time to like finish the current job and then come for your next job. So I got invited for the HR screen. And once I passed, passed the screen within a week, I got an interview with my hiring manager. Uh, so in, during my interview with my hiring manager, it was a more detailed discussion about my education, about my training. Uh, the questions were related to more like how well I am suited for the job and also uh, what would be the expectations from somebody who is coming as a scientist in Lanza uh, process development. And finally, after I passed 
past that, I was invited for a panel interview. So it's a whole day interview where you are interviewing with uh, multiple people. So they are usually will be in a panel of two to three. You start with your team members, then your other managers, senior scientists, your hiring manager, your HR, and finally the head of the department. So that's kind of the uh, interview process. And usually for most companies, if they really like you, you do hear back from them within like uh, five to seven business days, either with like a positive answer or a negative answer. Okay, so very, very important points. So <laughs> can you provide me more details about what your week looks like as a process development scientist? Sure. So um, just to expand a little bit on my role. So I work as a process development scientist in a CDMO, which is a contract manufacturing organization. And we are in the cell and gene therapy uh, business unit, uh, meaning that we are working with multiple clients and uh, developing their cell and gene uh, therapy products at our uh, department. And me as a process development scientist, I'm actually uh, taking care of the process side of it which is very similar to actually in all the experiments or the processes you will do, biological processes you will do to generate a therapy or a drug. So um, actually my, my week looks very similar to how it looks for maybe a PhD student or even a postdoc. So like some weeks um, it's going to be very experiment heavy. So I will have my experiments or, or processes planned from the beginning of the week. I will be executing them with a team of other scientists and research associates and gathering all the data. And then um, either during that week, I will be analyzing all the data or maybe the weeks following that I will be analyzing the data Data. And of course, there are some weeks like all of us we have during our PhD as well. There are some downtime weeks where I'm reading literature or writing the report of the runs, which I, or, you know, the experiments that I did uh, the previous week. Uh, depending on your position in the company, you might be pulled into client meetings and different kind of meetings. So for a scientist, sometimes I do have to meet with the client and talk about the progress of the project. But uh, for some other meetings, I do not. So uh, this is kind of how, uh, you know, my, my week looks. It's very similar to how a week looks maybe for like a wet lab uh, scientist. Well, that was very good points about all the work that you do. So what are the skills you think are the most important for a job like yours? Sure. So um, I think some of the things which I have learned over the years, uh, which really helped me uh, you know, get the job and also do good in the job is, first of all, ability and curiosity to learn. Because if you look at my educational journey, I have done like multiple times at multiple stages of life. And uh, it was only possible, I feel, because I always had an open mind and I was never afraid of learning something new. So I guess ability and curiosity to learn is uh, plays a very important role in like uh, making you suitable for big companies like this, especially in biotech. Um, ability to work in a team, very, very important. 
in uh, sometimes during when we are doing our PhD or our postdoc because of the nature of the system we kind of work in silo right I mean we are we are our own uh, project managers budgeting everything we do on our own but in an industry uh, or even in big labs you have to work in a team so ability to work in a team time management skills I guess that is again a very important factor because you are working on multiple projects at one time so it's just important to um, like work smart and not always working hard so that you are able to encompass everything that you want to do. Uh, project management skills, so I guess it comes hand in hand with your time management skills, people management skills. I think that is a very important thing that sometimes gets uh, overshadowed by other technical aspects because at the end of the day, uh, even when you're in industry, you want to climb up the ladder, right? So you want to know how to manage your people. So maybe you will start managing undergraduates then you will manage graduates and so on and so forth so developing that skill set so that you are able to work with everybody without hurting anybody's ego or whatever that is also i guess a very very important skill which to be honest i am also learning but i guess the faster you learn about it i guess the better it is and ability to train people so it's very important that you know the knowledge that you get is transfer to other people as well because as a scientist as you keep moving into the industry you would be pulled into other directions as well like for business work or administration so you would want people who you can trust to execute the processes as well so that's why trainability comes uh, plays a very important role and finally in a role like mine uh, it was the ability to talk with the client to talk with the client in a way that uh, the client might always not understand very specific science scientific jargon. So like trying to explain about the problem or the solution, but also not making it like super technically heavy, but also appealing at the same time. So I guess these are some of the skill sets. I think um, if you already have them or you're working on them, they will definitely uh, help you to uh, set your foot into the industry and succeed. <laughs> very, very elaborate answer and very correct. Well, one little advice that you would like to give to someone who is considering this field. So, um, so the field I am right now, the cell and gene therapy, it's a developing field. I mean, this is kind of a new field because uh, precision medicine and things like that, they are developing uh, slowly and gradually and people are kind of uh, finding more and more interest here. The beauty of this field is that uh, you will find people from training in immunology, oncology, molecular biology, everybody finding a place in this field. So I guess the name of the game is as long as you are able to mold your story, mold your educational training in a way that you can be successful in this field, it shouldn't be a problem for you to become a part of this field. And to be very honest, just by looking at the business predictions or the market predictions, this is a, a very developing market. I mean, recently there has been several FDA approvals of cell and gene therapy products. So um, I think this is just a field that is getting started with huge uh, prospects in the future. Right. So what is the best way, according to you, to earn a job or internship in this industry? So uh, first thing is network, network, network. Your network will help you with everything. Your network will help you find the job. Your network will help you find the mentors 
who can help you find the job. So the first thing would be, you know, to have a very strong network. And I think LinkedIn has really blessed us with that opportunity to uh, develop that network. I am also very active on Twitter because on Twitter as well, you find a lot of uh, opportunities, especially if you want to go to academic labs. So again, over there, you can create a very nice network. Um, I think uh, during my PhD, one thing I was not very good at doing is uh, studying the market. You know, if you want go into the industry just make sure that you are aware what is going on in the market right you would want to develop those skill sets which is really people will uh, want to want to hire you so if you have those skill sets right off the bat during your phd it's a very nice uh, smooth ride for you to do that transition so like studying the market keeping yourself updated about what's the skill set that is mostly required having a well-built resume i think that is very important so um it's very hard to squeeze everything that you have done in your life in a two-page summary but that is the beauty of a resume because you don't have to first start with two pages write down 10 pages of whatever you have done and then you can keep on curtailing that in a way which is specific to the job because maybe job a needs certain skill sets which you can focus with job b doesn't so, you know, having a well-built resume, having a very targeted resume saves time for everybody. So I guess that's, that's another very important thing. And uh, finally, for me, I have always liked working beyond my lab. So like um, student organizations, volunteering jobs. So of course, there I'm not learning anything science maybe, but I am developing a lot of interpersonal skill set, which can also have a very great impact on my career uh, in the industry. And also later on, right? Like I have learned skills of conflict management, time management, project management, which are again, things which industry is looking for in people because truth be told, like, you know, I cannot, there isn't a PI that I can go and tell that, hey, you know, that's problem is happening what can I do so you will be in charge of taking care of everything so I guess these would be some of the things which a person can do uh, to you know for an internship but I guess uh, networking and having a very good resume uh, by good I don't mean that you have to be like oh my god like the superstar top star no as long as you know what to tell people in what way they want to know you should be good so yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the the things I can think about. Right. So, you know, when we are talking about resume, so looking back yeah. at your journey, would you choose the same path for yourself? And if not, so what would you change? So um, in terms of my educational milestones, yes, I would absolutely choose the same path. Uh, like everything that I have done, I feel has prepared for what I was going to do next. So like I got my BTEC in biotech, introduced me to molecular biology. I knew that I wanted to do something in that area, came for my PhD, learned more about it, then went for my postdoc, learned a little bit more on the human side of it. And right now I'm doing application science. So in terms of educational milestones, absolutely everything uh, was great, uh, prepared me very well. But um, the only thing which I would uh, not like to change, but emphasize more in my life would be uh, having a little bit more of immunology background, because I guess uh, today's market is very immunology heavy, right? I mean, the jobs, they need you to know a little bit more about the immunology. But I guess that 
it's very hard to predict right where your field will be heading in 10 years so i guess that that's why it is very important that even if you are if you're lacking a skill just have an open mind tell people that hey i do not have this skill but i can learn it in 3 months and i can do it so that's kind of my uh, motto so yeah i think uh, whatever i did really you know uh, built on where i am right now and great so i think one of the questions you have already answered but if you would like to add something to it like you have been an mm-hmm. active student volunteer during your education journey how has that helped you in your career sure so um if i go back and think about it i guess working in student organization it uh, helped develop three things for me first was my teamwork skills next was my leadership skills and third was my time management skills excuse me so teamwork skills because of course you're working with a team of people you are now not working with only phd's or postdoc you might be working with you know people from different department different walks of life but you all have a same um, motto to organize something to solve a problem something like that so this is very similar to what you are trying to do in an industry so i guess working with that team taking the ownership that hey we are one team we are going to achieve it is uh, very important and that is what my uh, organization you know contributions taught me a lot uh, then of course leadership skills because if you are a part of an organization you'll be like oh this is a problem that i would like to solve with a group of people so you come up with your own proposal your own idea and your own solution and with the opportunity or the um, you know uh, zeal to like have people working on the team with you and achieving that goal so definitely leadership opportunities and third is time management skills because um i was working on my phd right so i'm in lab 12 hours a day and then this was always additional like you know 2 to 3 hours so i had to be very efficient in everything that i did like in my lab i had to be efficient in finding those times in between where maybe a long incubation is happening and i would go and do the student organization work and exactly that's the skill set that is needed in the industry because you are working on multiple projects so you will have to find that uh, those time pockets so that you can be successful and uh, do everything on time so they have really really helped me working in the student organization so would you like to give some advice to the present phd students sure so um first thing that comes to me is keep yourself updated you know with the market whether it's academic job non academic job doesn't matter sometimes i have seen that again as i was saying it, getting a phd or it's phd or postdoc it's hard right? it's a lot of hard work you are in the lab the whole time so it gets very hard to look beyond maybe if you're studying apoptosis you're just reading papers about it but take out some time to uh, read what's going on outside how can you um, reach where you want to reach in your life after your phd and uh, what skill set can you develop while you are in graduate school for that so that will be the next thing is uh, trying to keep an open mind because uh, truth truth be told phd for everyone is a pretty tough journey right and you always have obstacles it's uh, you something will work something will not work so having an open mind you know having that resilience that oh yeah you know if this doesn't work this will this we can look into this so having that backup thing going on in mind 
having that kind of a mindset can be a little helpful because I struggled a lot with that. If experiments wouldn't work for me, I'm like, oh my God, what will do? This is the end. But having that backups ready also, I guess, sometimes helps. Um, taking breaks is very, very important. I have been a huge proponent of mental health, especially for people getting a PhD. So, um, you know, it is very important that you take some break, come back from it, take a step back, if you're busy like two to three days get some rest let your brain reset and you know once you come back you will be successful like i'm confident about it we sometimes get stuck in a limbo of like trying to solve a problem and that kind of drains us out and also sometimes doesn't lead to any results so just take care of your mental health um if you are in a toxic lab environment if you are having problems make sure you have a support group make sure you're talking about it um it you know, breaks my heart when I see news about PhD students like uh, taking drastic steps about their life just because they didn't were able to talk about their problem and things like that. So always make sure that you're talking about it. PhD is a part of your life. PhD shouldn't be your life. So you have to be having, you know, that balance between uh, the two. So yeah, just, just take care of yourself. Things will work out. I promise. <laughs> Very, very helpful and very important point, Shreya. So what is that one hobby that you still manage to do with this job? Sure. So um, I have always been uh, into yoga. I really like yoga. So even now, whenever, you know, it, uh, I am stressed or I don't have time to like do intense workout or anything, I'll just like do some yoga, uh, distress myself and like, uh, you know, relieve really, uh, also burn some calories if possible and then you know come back to work and um, I do I used to sing back in India so I got trained as a singer so right now even singing is a very therapeutic hobby for me so uh, yeah I'll just you know pick up my phone and like record something and just like sing or something so yeah those are kind of hobbies which I which have helped me sail through even my PhD. So I really uh, hold them very close to my heart. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, Shreya. It was great talking to you. And thank you for this okay. very informational session that you had with me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs>